All righty, we are back once again, ladies and gentlemen. You're with Simple Sideline 365. As always, my name is KB, and with me is Bruce, aka the old man who I have to unmute because I mute him during the intros because he tends to open his raisins or his prune juice, and it just makes horrible, uh, loud noises during it. Uh, so, uh, but yes, you're back with us once again. So uh, thank you for taking the time uh, to stop by uh, and be with us on this Wednesday night. Uh, on my side of the country, it's very cold out. So that's why I'm wearing uh, everything I can to stay warm. Um, but uh, hopefully the show will uh, be entertained to you tonight as we get ready for the matchup against NC State on Saturday night as well. Uh, we'll be going through a little bit of a wrap-up of the Wake Forest game. As uh, If you've missed it, we had a whole live reaction show right after that game uh, last uh, Saturday evening. Uh, live reaction to that, so raw, uncut, uh, just off the brain with that. So uh, it's usually pretty enjoyable, um, especially after a loss because uh, – you know, it's it's more it's probably more entertaining when there's criticism than uh, when you're just praising everybody. Um, but yeah, take a look at that if you haven't already. Give that a like. Uh, we appreciate that and your your comments on that one. Uh, but tonight we'll do doing a quick recap of the Wake Forest and, and news that's come out since that game, and then we'll be doing a, a preview of what's to come this week against number fourteen uh, NC State and, and the tough matchup that's going to give our Seminoles. And then uh, we'll wrap up with any other news notes, uh, and, and we'll do a little bit of a prediction for the a couple of ACC matchups that are going on this weekend because you know those impacts Florida State in general uh, as we're going through the Atlantic and, and potentially fine for the you know, the Atlantic title if we win this weekend so how are you doing Bruce how, how are things that you're in yeah <clears throat> well I'm, I'm doing I'm doing good you know as you know that uh, Florida has had a major impact down here because of Hurricane Ian and obviously that struggle is is real life and reality and and surmounts any game that we could ever play or or, or talk about. So uh, President of the United States, Joe Biden, was down here with uh, Governor DeSantis uh, uh, working together, uh, even though they're arch rivals politically, you know, uh, they're down here working together to try to uh, support the state and all the people that remain homeless and all the people that are gonna need a long-term support strategy. So with that in mind, uh, we wanna keep those people in our hearts and minds and our prayers and wish them all well, including, uh, uh, including but not excluding uh, all the athletes, their families uh, and uh, uh, friends and relatives that might have been caught in this uh, terrible, terrible hurricane, one of the worst in the state of Florida, especially on the uh, Gulf Coast. So with that, uh, uh, you know, we will uh, uh, proceed forward. But there are, and I know you you will speak to uh, one of the uh, great uh, charities there from a, a Florida State uh, uh, student athlete mm -hmm. and uh, 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 about what he's trying to do with his NIL program. Yeah, uh, you know, great, great that you bring it up. And it's a good segue into what you were just saying is that, as you all know, and or you may have heard with um, uh, this team, uh, Dylan Gibbons has basically used his NIL platform uh, to use as a fundraiser for multiple kind of avenues. And, and that's where he's created the Big Man Ben Hart Foundation, which is a, a charitable organization, uh, which he, you can, he uses in many different ways. Uh, but he recently started a GoFundMe uh, as part of that. Uh, where all the proceeds, and I'll, I'll go ahead and pull it up on the screen so you guys, if you haven't heard of it by now, uh, you can get some information behind it. But he's leveraging his platform, as well, along with Jordan Travis uh, and then a couple of other players who are who have families in Southwest Florida and, and all over Florida. Um, they're leveraging their platforms to uh, promote this. And I think it's a great cause because 100% of the funds that they raise for this are going directly to those impacted. Um, and, and this isn't some kind of sketchy under the water or, or uh, under under the the table kind of thing this is something that dylan gibbons has is putting his his name behind and he started his organization to help people in just in causes just like this um and, and so I, I think it's great that athletes are doing things like this they're putting you know using their brand for for the greater good uh and to help those affected by natural disasters just like this so this is something that i you know i personally donated to um i know you know, economic times are tough for a lot of people, so you give what you can. Uh, but I think this is one of those organizations I would, I definitely felt, 
I, I felt like I could get my money to because I knew where it was going. Um, some people are doing fundraisers where you buy a T-shirt, they give $4 away. I think it's great that this one's giving 100% of donations away uh, to people who need them right now. So um, we'll, we'll go ahead and leave a, uh, uh, you know, we've tweeted this on our account. So if you need any more information, let us know, comment. We can share the link, but it's, it's easy to find it. Just look up Dylan Gibbons uh, on uh, on Twitter and you'll be able to find the Big Heart, Big Man, Big Heart Foundation and how you can give right away. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I want to share about that. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, one part of the Seminole theme and, and movement is about uh, service, service to the community. And clearly what you spoke of, KB, there is is that service uh, through yep. uh, the athlete giving back uh, to the people in need and uh, 100% support uh, Big Man, Big Heart on the Hurricane Ian uh, Relief Fund on the GoFundMe. Uh, as you say, because when these things happen, there are a lot of scams out there. Uh, yeah. there, there are some very good organizations you should give to. And then there's others that spring up. So you have to be very careful and please check those out before you start donating uh, your hard earned funds. But uh, to hats off uh, to everybody helping the people that are in need in the state of Florida. So with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, a couple of news and notes uh, from the uh, uh, behind. You know, looking back from the NC or from the Wake Forest game, uh, I think we covered a lot on our show uh, last or you know, on Saturday uh, in terms of whether the things that could have went right went, went wrong. Uh, of course, there's a lot of things, a lot of self-inflicted injuries, and there's a lot of things from that game that I think just need to be cleaned up. The, you know, you have what nine or ten penalties, a lot of the procedural penalties, holding you know, uh, stuff like that, especially on the line that just need to be fixed and cleaned up. And, and that's due to some people, backups playing injuries, whatever, those can be fixed. Uh, uh, some of the other things were, you know, kind of injury related too, with Fabian Lovett missing in the middle of the line, you getting kind of gut punched and, and Wake Forest kind of calling their shot up the middle and be able to run all of you through the middle there. So I, I think that those are some things you're waiting for some guys to come back. You had to clean up some of those, those costly penalties that were putting you in your know, first in long situations that you weren't, you know, you weren't used to being uh, in early part of the season. You're, you're really good about uh, in this early part of the season. But then also there was a couple of other things. You know, you had some uh, a turnover. You had a potential turnover on the fumble that you recovered. So once again, sloppy playing. Uh, things that I think, and even Jordan Travis said it. He if he came out and said, I believe, in the press conference that after they scored that first touchdown, they became unfocused. Now I, I think some of that's probably just not wanting to blame. Maybe because I, I don't think the offensive line played that uh, great at all that game, and and and. They did not protect as well as they protected all season. So I think it was him trying to say, you know, we lost focus. I lost focus after that first touchdown. And, and you know, I didn't play as well as I could have. He had a decent game. I, I think some of those throws he he could have hit or he could have thrown better uh, through, through the most part. But he had pretty good numbers uh, towards the second half of the game. And I think he wasn't trying to throw certain players underneath the bus, which, you know, a, a good leader does. He, he does that behind closed doors and try to mo motivate them and call out how they can improve, doesn't call it out in the media. Um, but I think a lot of the things, there's not much more to take away on my end from that. I think a lot of the things that are that happen are fixable or it's just waiting around for guys to get healthy um, uh, for, for the major part, especially on the defense. I think that defense, the only way to fix that defense right now, especially on the line, is you have to guys get – guys got to get healthy because the guys behind them are just younger guys that don't have a lot of game experience. Uh, and you need the impact of a full-time Jared first to play. And it sounds like he is going to play this weekend, which is, you know, great to actually hear that. Uh, and you're going to get Amari Gamer full-time, which is great to hear as well. Um, but yeah, those, those are my, uh, th those are my thing. And it'll be great to hear. I, I, I think the latest status on Robert Scott, if he's going to be back on the offensive line, but that, that would be another big thing to help in the trenches as well on the offensive side. But what, what are your thoughts, Bruce? Well, I, I agree with everything you've said there. I'm not going to recover those points. I think the penalties, I think there were nine or 10 penalties. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that has to be cleaned up. We didn't experience that in the first four games. And, and this team cannot afford those types of errors. They had a critical fumble, you know, uh, uh, Travis was under duress and he coughed the ball up and then I didn't see Wake Forest cashed in on that. So, yeah. uh, you know, that, 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 you know, that was a, a one play drive, a possession we had. I think we had 10 possessions in the entire game. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, called 10 and 10. They each team had 10 possessions mm-hmm. and we didn't have good quality possessions following uh, the first one, you know? Yeah. yeah. We scored some more points, but uh, the, you know, it just didn't look smooth. It didn't look efficient and the penalties were a huge problem. And then you throw in a turnover and we had no running game. And that, and, and that's another question is what happened to the running game? What happened to the three headed monster dragon that we, that we paraded out after the Duquesne game, which basically, you, you know, as we start to get into some statistics, which we will throw in here uh, tonight in different places, yeah. it's important uh, to understand that you can throw the Duquesne game out. I mean, those inflated the statistics offensively and defensively. Uh, so uh, in, in my opinion, uh, that was a winnable game, the Wake Forest at home for us. And that's going to be a tough win to make up going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, and good points there. And like you said, there was, you know, there was definitely key plays in this game that that could have turned and, and you could have turned those plays around. You, you definitely have a better shot at winning this game. And it was like you said, the fumble Jordan Travis is fumble and in, in, in deep in Florida state territory that turns into a touchdown for Wake Forest. You can't do that against high powered offenses like Wake Forest. Uh, there's also, um, you know, the, the third downs that you couldn't stop the third and tens against Wake Forest deep in the second half that you, you, you let Wake Forest convert on the gritty Vance non-interception when he gets Moss things like that. There's little plays that you go, you know, five, six, seven little plays here and there that could have turned that game around um, that just allowed them to extend that game out. And to your point, possessions, but also time of possession where Fleur's date, like in previous games, was not able to control the ball for that long. And they've had drives that just didn't go anywhere. They stalled out, weren't able to get points, a missed field goal, a fumble, you know, things were the offense just stalled out for much of the, much of the second and third quarter. And then started to kind of get going a little bit towards the end of the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, but it was just kind of too late by that point. And Wake Forest was just able to, you know, kill clock and run the ball down, down your defense's throat at that point. So well, I uh, think, and I was going to add at the end of this to wrap this up on, on Wake Forest is the good news. The positive news is Jordan Travis came in, came out unscathed. He wasn't injured any worse that, that, has been reported. Uh, uh, I think you're going to see him run a little bit more, but he came out no new injuries. Uh, We didn't have too many major injuries in the game. That's good news. And I think the, if we're looking for a positive spark and some people have brought this up, it's that there's no moral victories here. You know, Uh, it, it, that even though we played pretty badly, we were still in the game till the end, basically. We're yeah. kind of still in the game. And and I don't really buy into that. I'm not I'm not signing up to that thing, but a lot of the fans were kind of talking about that. But there there are what we call hard fans out there, and there are soft fans out there. The soft fans are always going to see the positives, the hard Squishies. fans are always going to see the negatives. We try to bring both sides together and we're going to tell it like it is. Now we, we, we are no sugar. We're raw and unfiltered. So we're going to tell it the way we see it through our eyes and through what we're seeing in our analysis. But, but that's what some of the, some was coming out of that from the fan base in that regard. And so we kind of moved right into a week of practice, right? We kind yeah. of moved into a week of practice and uh, I don't know if you have the tape on uh, Coach Norvell. I think it was after uh, Monday's or Wednesday's practice. Yeah, I'm uh, going to have to. Uh, okay, if, you, you, I'll, I'll I'll move forward with the practice or w- what I heard. And this is the some of the notes coming out of the practices on Monday. Uh, the, the, there was there's nothing significant that comes out of these pressures. I'm just going to put it out there. In fact, some of it's kind of boring, and I'm sure some of you out there, when you look at these, you're you're out of them. You know, you get out of them pretty quickly because the language doesn't really change a lot. It's that what I call the coaching 101 language that you hear a lot. And that is one design not to give anything away two not to act or act too directly. And Coach Norvell does a great job from a politician standpoint. And that is he doesn't berate anybody, which a good leader is not going to do that in the in, out in public. Mm-hmm. He doesn't berate anybody. He does comment very positively on most things about the team and and the effort 
and what went on. And maybe you have the clip here. Yeah, let's play a quick uh, portion okay. of this. Okay. Them play, you know, scheme is one thing. Uh, you know, they play with with a, you know, you know, great effort, great physicality, very well coached. Uh, you know, they're very talented. I mean, these guys can run, they can hit. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a great challenge for us, and, and you know, we're excited for the opportunity to go and compete. But um, you know, it's it's you know, trying to trying to clear up a lot of the uh, you know the different presentations and the multiplicity of coverage and things that they do. Um, you know, you watch them yeah. play. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean. <laughs> That alone, I mean, Coach Norvell is protecting his team. He does a great job of that. But it doesn't tell us anything as a fan, okay? I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say he really does. He's talking about multiplicities and complexities and and stuff like that that gets kind of boring. You could take that clip after every game and pretty much plug it in, you know, plug it into a sermon and just run it for the rest of the season. And I'm not that's a that's not a hit on coach Norvell. I get it, okay? And the fans out there who have been you know throwing some stuff back and forth this week on Twitter, which is always good, is I get it. I get it. Okay? Come on. I've been around this game a long time. So I do get it. But for the week, there wasn't anything significant. On Monday, he talked about he appreciated the effort of the team in the second half. He talked about quality of possessions just weren't there in the Wake Forest game. Too many penalties. Uh, He felt in practice, uh, though, coming out on Monday, there was a good sense of urgency. And he keeps, you know, his focus is we must focus on the small details. We must get better. And we're still a growing team. Yeah. Okay. That's all generalities that he said after most of the games. Okay. And he did admit, he goes, as a coach, there's things I need to do better, where he's taking responsibility. Most coaches will take responsibility after a loss. They'll say they need to do better. They need to coach better. They need to put people in better situations. It's it's really a lot of generalities. Uh, Not a lot came out of there, except at the end on Monday. There was a question asked, which I was uh, glad to see. And, and everybody knows who's been watching us or follows us. I've been harping on this kicking thing. And where did the media go? Okay. So finally, I think the media is catching up to where I am and where we are on this program. And so it was asked about the kicking game, but it was soft to soft toed into the thing. But he said, Ryan is our kicker. I have confidence in Ryan. I've seen him execute. Now, I don't know if he's talking about executed practice. I assume he is, but we haven't seen the execution in the game situation. But he said, Ryan, like everyone else on this team, this is the first time I've heard this, is being evaluated. Every player will be evaluated and on their performance. That's kind of new. That's kind of yeah. new. Yeah. But let, let's face it. At some point, the kicker is going to come into play and he's going to be a major role in one of these games coming up. So uh, so that was kind of the big news coming out of Monday. Wednesday was basically the coaching 101 language. Uh, they worked a lot on third down situations. No one asked which, did you mean third down offense or third down defense? I didn't really hear that clarification. Mm-hmm. All right. And I looked at it a couple of times. But, but you know what? They need to work on both of them. Okay. Yeah. They need yeah. to work on third down defense. Because their defensive efficiency, and I don't know if I have the, I think I do, the third down efficiency for Florida State uh, is like 0.379% of getting off, of holding on to third down. They're like 25 out of 66 third downs. So they really have not gotten off the field very well on third down. So mm-hmm. that was something they were taking a look at. They talked about Amari Gaynor getting back. They didn't say he'd be fully back, but they said he'd be back for a for a, for a lot of ready play. And no. Gerald Verse is going to play a lot more too. I think they have them kind of on a rep count still, to be honest. Well, yeah, Verse only played I think like twenty five snaps, twenty five snaps, which is the lowest. But he had the biggest impact of any defensive line. Well, you and really need him in there to pressure the quarterback. You know, yeah, on, I mean, on, on 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 passing downs. That's what he, I want. He's in the there. sack leader on the team, and he didn't play against Boston College, and it was no. out half a game. Like he's only played 
you know, three, three and a half games. Wow. And he's sack leader and, you know, it, uh, in tackles for loss, both for sacks and tackles for loss. So um, uh, you really need him on the – he's an impact player. You have so, – so you're, you're other, totally a different line without him on the field. Yeah, the only other thing came up on Wednesday was that, you know, he harped on the run offense was not very good. Well, that was the weird thing I brought up too, is that you know looking at um, looking at snap counts um, and and sites like Knowles Game Day have a great article uh, of snap counts per player, and looking at and I brought this up though I brought this up Saturday I was like did Trey Benson ever see the field like other than kick returns and and looking at the numbers he had like two two attempts right he only had but not be on the field at all just snap count wise. He was only on the field for 13 offensive snaps compared to Treshawn, who had 32 snaps, and Philly, who had 25. So he was on the field almost a third, less than a third of the time as Treshawn, um, or a third of the you know total. I think they only had they only had so Florida State only had 69 69 offensive snaps in total. So he was only there basically for a sixth of the offensive snaps, and he only had four carries. So I. It was, I don't know, it was weird the way that he was third and getting carries. And if you're going to run the ball in between the tackles like they're trying to do, I don't know why you wouldn't try to do it more with Benson versus Tua Philly. I, I just, I'm not understanding that discrepancy there. I understand Trey. Well, that's a good question. But it also, really is KB. It's a great question. And, and there may be concerns about can Trey catch the ball as well as Tua Philly? And I know he's probably not as, you know, quick. Uh, initial burst, but I think his hands aren't as bad as Lawrence's is. Um, maybe not as experienced in terms of catching the ball, but I, I feel like Trace this year has made a couple of good catches in the open field. And I just think he's probably a better behind the, between the tackles runner, just because he's going to fall forward and he's just so much stronger and he does have that top end speed. So I don't know why it, that question wouldn't have been brought up. Like is Benson nursing an injury? Maybe he's on a snap count too, because he is coming off of, previous injuries and they don't want to get him banged up early in the season. But I just thought it was bizarre that he almost has, you know, a sixth of the offense snaps and a third or, or half of what Lawrence Philly was on the field for. So um, I didn't hear, I didn't in the questions from the pressers, I didn't hear any questions uh, uh, that even addressed anything about Benson at all. Yeah. So I think it's a relevant question. It's maybe a question that, you know, as we say, we have our segment, ask the coach that may come out, that may come out soon on, on our Twitter account uh, that addresses that because that, that is what I'm talking about with our beat reporters is asking good questions, yeah. you know, like that. That's a, that's a professional question. It's, it's not an attacking question. It's asking what you just laid out. Because Benson, without a doubt, is better and more powerful between the tackles in, in the line. He may Absolutely. not be as fast to get to the outside. His hands, I don't know about his hands that much. His hands may not be as good, but, you know, it's like a Ja'Kai Douglas. I don't hear anything about Ja'Kai Douglas. I he's think hurt. He's, he's still hurt. He's, he's still hurt. I think he's out for the season. I mean, but I don't, we don't know. Anything. We don't know. Well, it's just not even addressed. Nobody yeah. even asked about it. But that's you know? but that's you hear on Twitter. Wait till Jagai comes back. But to your point, we don't know. He could be out for the year, but they haven't said anything. Nobody but, says that's your policy. That's your policy. So I think you bring up a legitimate a legitimate point. But it's going to be very interesting as we now start to roll into the NC State game here. Now this NC State team, <clears throat> they're a good they're a good football team. Yeah, they're 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 a really good football team. They've got a uh, a very experienced coach. This guy's been around, Dave Duran. Uh, he's been around. He's coached against Florida State for. He's coached, uh, obviously, against Mike Norvell. Uh, it's going to be interesting because we must get the running game going, but they have a very talented defense. They have a very talented defense there, and they're they're ranked second in the ACC on defense, and they're only giving up 15 points per game. Yeah. So, so, so to, but at the same time, Outside of Clemson, they they really have had a pretty soft schedule up until Clemson last. Okay, week. they beat they beat East Carolina. Okay, by one point, they barely got by that game. They beat Charleston Southern. Let's scratch that off. That's like our Duquesne game. Let's slash that off. Texas Tech, yeah, I, I, Texas Tech is a decent team. They're they're they they you know, but they're 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 a team 
that is better than the first yeah, two that uh, they played. Like UConn ACC, is, yeah. is really not a challenge for them. No. But Clemson, they played a pretty damn good game with. They had uh, a pretty good game with Clemson. So maybe their 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 defensive points of 15 a game, giving up 15 points, maybe that's a little bit uh, not right. All right. But uh, I, I think controlled that game, off, uh, you know, offensively. They, I mean, I think defensively Clemson controlled. I that think game. what I'm saying, KB, is right. is we thought Wake Forest we could run the ball all over them. Yeah. On, yeah. On, we thought they 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 came in not very strong on the defensive line, and they really made us look bad. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that's going to play out against NC State, especially in their home stadium at Carter Finley there, and they're going to have 57,000 people probably in the in the stands. Yeah, I I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think that's yeah, I, I don't think like you said, it's a tough road environment. I don't think NC State, except for last week, has truly been tested, and they failed the test. Um, uh, you know, on the road, but now, like you said, they're at home. I they have once again another veteran quarterback that you're going against in Devin Leary, who's played, you know, face Florida State. He knows what they're all about. Um, I do think they're playing an improved Florida State team this time around, but that you know that yeah. doesn't really mean anything. You know, Wake Forest played an improved Florida State team this time around, they, and they still beat us uh, on the road. Um, to that point, I do think that Clemson did show some things against you know NC State that Florida State can try to replicate. Um, you know, Clemson was able to totally take NC State out of the running game, and it forced Devin Leary to have to pass the ball. I mean, uh, I think NC State only had 42 rushing yards, uh, you know, on the ground that uh, that game, um, which is, you know, if you can force Devin to you know, NC State just to be a passing offense and totally have to focus on that, then you make them one-dimensional. You know, and Devin Leary, you know, was supposed to be one of these ACC potential QB, you know, quarterbacks of the year and, and be heralded and stuff like that, and he hasn't been as hot as people expect him to be thus far through the season, but he has potential because he's been in the system for a while. Um, and so that's the thing. You'd rather him be one-dimensional. You'd rather shut down the run game and make him force in the past because then you know, you know you've know, you kind of dictated the game plan, right? Um, and, and then you can have defensive backs play in different ways. You can throw pressure at him and force a pocket because he's, once again, not a guy that's going to break your leg, you know, break you, uh, break down and, and run for 25, 30 yards. But as Sam Hartman showed last week, you also have to you have to get to the quarterback. You can't you know run by the guy or Sam a guy like Sam Hartman or even Devin Leary. They can they still have enough mobility where they can run a, get a first down if nobody's nobody's in the zone at all. Um, so it's really going to be important that we not only collapse the pocket but we actually get the quarterback to the ground. That's something we struggle with when Jared versus not in the game. We 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 sort of can move the pocket, but we can't quite get the quarterback on the ground. I think it's going to be so important against a quarterback of this caliber who has who has the capabilities to make the good throw, just like Sam Hartman was. Maybe I'm not on the same level, but he has he we know he has the quality to make the big throw, make the tough throw, and to spread the ball around uh, in a in, mo- in a more conventional offense. It's not going to be as cutesy as the Wake Forest mesh offense is, right? Um, but you have to be able to collapse that pocket and actually get to the quarterback and take him down to make him feel it. You can't just you, you can't let him escape it and roll out and, and throw another 10 yard, you know, 10 yards for the first down. You have to get to the quarterback. And so I expect to see more blitzing this time around um, just because you're you don't have to get play around. What's this mesh concept going to do? And are, are they going to? Get, do something special around you. I do expect to see more blitzing like we saw in previous weeks against BC uh, and against LSU um, to try to bring more pressure home and, and send guys like Deloach and, or maybe even Kevin Knowles um, and, and maybe a Shaheen Brown like we saw early in the Wake Forest game get to the quarterback, send those speed guys from the secondary and, and plant them on the quarterback because we have to get the quarterback on the ground. We have to make him feel it so he doesn't have three, three seconds to pass the ball like we saw last week. Well, uh, on on NC State's offense, there, as you said, their rushing game is it, it's nothing to be fearful of. They're ranked like 95th after last week's games in in overall uh, FBS, and that 95th that's not very good. I mean, they're they're averaging about 132 yards, and they've had some real cupcakes in in their schedule. So that's you know they should have had even bigger yards against those teams. But uh, third down conversions, they're ranked now number 39, which means they are getting first downs, okay? They're able to get first down. So that's going to be an interesting matchup with our third down defensive efficiency not really good, okay? And our third down 
when we're on defense, we're only holding uh, the other team at uh, 37%, 38%. Okay. So that's going to be an interesting matchup of their offense against our defense in that regard. Their passing is is not in the top 50. They're, they're ranked 58th. Uh, he's got 12 touchdowns, and uh, they're averaging about 252 in the yards, 252 uh, 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 yards per game. That's that's good enough to win football games, okay? Yeah. Th- this team's four and one. I mean, so th- that that's good enough. If you're averaging 132 yards in the ground and 252 yards, and you're playing without a lot of penalties, you're not turning the ball over a lot, you can win football games, yeah. all right? And, and against Florida State, Florida State is in a position, this team right now in its climb is in a position, it cannot make any crucial mistakes. Like the greedy Vance could have picked off the pass and really turned that game or given the ball back to the offense to make a play. We can't miss a play like that. We can't have nine or 10 penalties or it's going to, it's really going to be a problem against a, a team like NC state, especially when you're on the road. So uh, that's going to be uh, very, very interesting. They're averaging 32 points a game. But Florida State, I mean, I, I take that out because Florida, I, I think both teams are going to be able to do some scoring because Florida State's you know, on that end scoring 34 points per game. So it's, you know, stats are stats like that. Both teams have the potential to score points. That's no doubt. I think really what this game, the key metric to watch is who can rush the ball. Okay, can Florida State establish the running game like they, they seem to not be able to do last week? You know, Florida State, I think, came out with 120 rushing yards and like that, which isn't terrible. But you couldn't get the yards when it really mattered. You couldn't consistently hand the ball off and get a clear running lane and get five, ten yards, you know, break off those big chunk plays and, and keep the ball, keep the possession, get the first down like you had in the previous games. So that's the biggest thing because NC State is third in the ACC in, in rushing defense. They're only giving up 94 yards per game. Florida State's averaging over 200 yards per game. So something's got to give here, right? Something, you know, something's going to break here. Either Florida State is going to be able to establish a run and, and run all over these guys, or NC State's going to buckle up and they're going to say, nope, you're, you're not going to be the one against us. You're gonna, we're going to force you to pass like Wake Forest did. And that's gonna. I think that's going to spell trouble for Florida State, like because if we cannot, because I like I said on Saturday in the instant reaction, our run defense looked so bad last week that guy. Like I was so afraid every time we handed it off because because Ward felt I felt like he had a juke a guy behind the line of scrimmage before he could even get forward, and, and he still and he still averaged a pretty good clip. But that's why the rushing yardage was so low is because either you're his first and 20 or he was getting tackled, you know, getting hit in the backfield and trying to break it for three or four yards. And it was just difficult. So if we don't get Robert Scott back for this game or if we don't make an offensive adjustment to the playbook that allows us to either run more to the outside versus trying to run between the tackles, which we did not do last week. I, I'm very concerned that this, you know, this pretty good to decent defensive line for NC state is going to give it to our line. And they're going to totally shut down the, the run game, which is how we've been winning games, establishing the run, which sets up the pass, sets up the matchups down the field. So we can keep balance last week. We could not get any balance going and, and, and look what happened. You know, we have our lowest kind of really scoring output of the season. Um, and we need that balance for this team to be great. Um, yeah, that's the, what we really need. The, uh, uh, obviously, as you said, the the being able to have an effective rushing game, you know, sets it makes the defense makes the defense put another guy in the box or creep up, you know, so you can get someone behind him, you know. So it, 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 we must be able to get some rushing game going this week. If not, the schedule is going to get much more difficult for us moving forward because then teams start to see our offensive line is not performing up to a standard. Okay. Uh, You know, to create this, it's amazing to me that we still have averaging over 200 yards rushing and we're ranked 25th in stats, you know, after the five. I think it's that surprising. Like, I mean, 200 yards is a lot. I you know, know but when you average it out, how many? I mean, look, we ran. Well, we got almost, a lot of big. No, we got a lot of big yardage on on uh, uh, the Duquesne game, and uh, uh, but then it's dropped off some, 
right? Yeah, it's dropped yeah. off in the last yeah. couple of weeks. So I think we've we've talked about that is going to be a matchup. Their defensive line against our offensive line, as they always say in football, it's 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 in the trenches. And you're right. To date, we have not pressured the quarterback very much, except for Jared Verse. So, or, or if it's coming from the secondary, that's the yeah. only time that it's tense outside of Jared Verse that we seem to get pressure. And I don't think Adam Fuller likes to be aggressive I, and no. send a lot of people. Okay, I, I, I don't I think he does. That. I think I, he's I, more conservative. And and people, the fan from the fan perspective, and that's how we bring our show from the fan perspective. The jury is still out on Adam. Okay, there there are a number of people that aren't Adam Fuller supporters. I'm impartial at this point as we go through the next few games to see. But I think our defensive line up front has not been as solid as we'd like. And that's based on the third down percentage. That's a big yeah. percentage. If you don't look at anything, when do you get off the field? Because if you're not getting off the field, your defense is getting more tired and so on. Now, there are fans out there that will say, well, we've got a lot of injuries. We're playing a lot of young people. And that's, well, that's next man up theory. Next man up. I, it's good. I'm glad to see some of the younger players in there and they're getting valuable reps. Okay. And, and that, but that is the next man theory. Everybody has injuries. And, yeah. and if we just, if we want to make excuses about injuries and we want to make excuses about officiating, which is another thing people have been yelling about. Listen, let me say this to everybody out there. And I, I have said it in our Twitter account is if, if there's a problem with officiating, Mike Norvell has a process to go through and, 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 and give his uh, sense of what the officiating was. Uh, Fuller's passive aggressive defense. I I would agree. That's a good uh, comment there because uh, passive yeah, aggressive. I, what is it's, it's, what does just, that mean? It just it's it's just a it's just a play on words there. But I I would agree. Like I I've started to I think he uh, he does try to bring pressure at times because he knows the off defensive line does struggle with it. Well, he has to uh, KB. He has yeah. to bring pressure if they're not producing it from four players up front. He, every defensive coach first wants to see, can I bring pressure with the four guys up front? Yeah, but I, I, and, I don't and, think and sacks... that's not working in the first quarter, then he has to start doing but something But sacks else. sometimes are a vanity metric too. Like sacks aren't don't always tell the whole story of how well your defense is playing. Um, well, you're right. You're uh, right. So because you're Florida right. State is fourth in sacks, but I don't think our defense, ha our defensive well, line I think dominant, what right? Tells... Because people can run against you all day, but you may have the top sacks in the league, right? Wake you Forest, did, we had three sacks against well, Wake Forest, but they were able to run at will. Time of possession and and the quality of possession starts to tell you what's going on on defense. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Sacks and, and interceptions are sometimes vanity metrics, and and you need to look more deeper into the game. So yeah. um, that's what I would agree with. But, but if you look at when I looked at some stats, and we don't like to keep throwing those out. I don't like you say I don't put a lot of lot of gold in those. Is that on offense, all our rankings are in the top fifty. Okay, of FBS schools, we're in the top fifty. Okay, of all FBS uh, uh, of the uh, of the four categories I looked at: rushing, third down conversion, passing yards, and total points scored. Now on defense, we're in two. One is passing yards allowed. We're yeah. only giving up 179 yards here, so that looks like a strength. And the total points allowed. Okay, we're ranked 41st. But on rushing defense overall. 78th and third downs I already said we're ranked 71st. Oh yeah, we're we're getting it. To to be a competitive team in the ACC, we're not talking about anywhere else. Yeah. We're going to have to improve on those numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's why I I think honestly this like I keep saying this weekend's going to be a defensive matchup. NC State in, in all major categories is top 3 in the ACC on what it's pass defense, rushing defense, uh, just defense efficiency. They they have a, a very solid defense. You know, yes, second they do. line. It's I, I don't think you're gonna you're not you know you don't have all star caliber. You know, uh, Derwin James in every position, but you have right. a very solid team that's going to try to shut you down, uh, whether it be on the running game. But and, and that's why I that's why I think honestly, uh, and, and once again, it's NC State's not a team that gets a ton of sacks, but they just have a solid defense that gets you off the field on third down. 
they, they limit the amount of first downs you're getting. They get you off the field. They're not sacking you a ton, but they're not allowing you to throw for a big play. They're not allowing you to throw for a first down, run for a first down. They just get you off the field. They don't, they don't, they're last in the ACC. Um, uh, I'm sorry. They're uh, they're like fifth in the ACC in uh, sacks against um, and sacks by, but, um, but I think the biggest deal, uh, the biggest, and they're ranked is, to, to, uh, to underline your point, they're ranked 22nd in terms of third down percentage held. So yeah. they're getting off the field. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's the biggest thing to me, but, uh, and I just forgot my point with them, but I think, like I said, what Clemson did is what I think Florida State is going to need. Jordan Travis is going to have to run. He's going to have He's to use his run. legs as the it's run. the missing element that yeah. and that's what DJ did yeah. last week. It's he yeah. sparked their offense by running the ball, and right. it helped out with opening up the passing game, helped the other yeah. running backs because they had to account for him as a player. No team is really accounting for. I mean, they still probably have their game plan around. Now, yeah, are you talking point, about running on designed quarterback runs, both that and when he sees nobody's open? I, I, I think I think improving. I think improving. I, I really think improving. I, I think the design runs aren't working for him because it's making him think too yeah, much. Yeah, and yeah. I think he needs to improv some of these plays more um, or audible out to them because. That's what that that's what worked for. That's what's opening the game up for Clemson. That's what got their offense going, and that's what really is going to break down a team like NC State because that's something you can't really defend for. You can't game plan for. And then once if he gets a big player or two, then they're gonna have to put you know adjust their defense on the fly and start spying for him. And that's gonna take another put another defender on the box that isn't accounted for. And then you open up Johnny Wilson or or like a Pittman. Yeah, so. And, and and he has under a hundred yards rushing on the season. Yeah, like who would have thought we'd be almost five? We're five games into the season, and he has right. less than a hundred yards rushing. Right. It's gonna well, have to come out if you want to win this. Game. Well, some of that he's had this leg injury, but he did not have a knee brace on on Wednesday. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm hoping that uh, you know to the point that we need to. I uh, hopefully we see Jordan uh, expressing now with that knee brace out. Hopefully. You can see some of that expression, artistic expression. I think it's going to be a natural adrenaline that if he sees, hey, I can throw the ball and maybe it gets caught or there's eight yards here or 10 yards here. I can get it with my feet. I bet he does it. He's going to he's going to get back to what he does naturally. And, 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 and but he's a good pocket passer. If I see it, I'm going to hit it. Otherwise, I'm going to break out and I'm going to run. It's the, yeah, it's the missing. I think I think that's going to be one of the keys to the game. How successful yeah. he is with his legs, because this is going to be a close game. Yeah, this to me, he no has to have fifty rushing yards or more for them to to win this game, and it can't be in the fourth quarter. He needs to. It needs to be part of the game plan. So yeah, it needs um, to be part of the game plan. That's right. Now, yeah. let me let me add this. Let me add this point. You know, I've been on it for the last two weeks, so I might as well stay on it. And that is the kicking game. Oh, here we go. All right. All right. Right now in practice, uh, Coach Norvell said, Ryan's my guy. Everybody's going to be evaluated, though. But Ryan right now, out of 104 positions being ranked by the FBS, Ryan is 102nd. Okay. He's two from the bottom. Now he's four of nine, four of nine at, at 44%. So the question at some point, this dog seems like it's going to bite you, you know, and, it and, 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 and it hasn't already, and it has changed some of the strategy of at what point is, does Mike feel, feel confident to put him into kick field goal? These specific questions are not being asked. Okay. That's they're just not being asked. So there was one question the whole week about kicking and it was a convoluted answer. That's my opinion. Besides saying Ryan's my guy. Yeah, so, we're in the bottom three for point afters and for field goals. Yeah, not one, not anybody asked, well, how's the, how's your walk on other kicker? How's he doing? Does he do anything? You know, no, nobody, there are no specifics is my point. Hey, but like you keep bringing up, we're great at kickoffs. We're first, we're first for kickoffs. So. I will give Ryan a for, on the kickoffs. He put he is he is doing that. He is he is doing that. It's part of the game. Everyone it's gets a trophy. Everyone gets a trophy. Okay, he's part of the, no. I'm going to give people credit where credit is due, including yourself. Everyone Sometimes gets. Sometimes you don't get a, you need a lot of credit. Everyone gets a trophy. 
All right. Um, well, before we give our predictions and, and for the score of the game and and do a little bit of other uh, ACC breakdowns, we're going to bring in a special uh, guest for tonight uh, to give uh, a little weather update. You're breaking up. You're free. Yeah, I don't know why I'm breaking out. Um, you better get some better uh, comms yeah, there, buddy. Better there. Um, all right. So we're going to bring in a special guest, uh, a special fan of the show uh, to give their guest picks and also give us a little weather update. So. Oh, what about my weather updates? About, <laughs> oh, my weather updates aren't good enough, so we got to go to someone else. Okay, KD, working behind my back, working yes. behind my back. Okay. Well, uh, Jody's as looking as I am. That's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> Jody, very nice to meet us. How are you doing tonight? Hello, hello, hello. Joining in from uh, stormy Massachusetts right now. Woo. So here's some. Thundering and lightning. We're having a huge storm right now for our weather. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being a part of the show. Uh, we know uh, all our fans have busy lives and they have a ton of other things that are probably going on. So we appreciate you uh, being a part of tonight's program. And uh, like I said before, uh, giving us a breakdown of the weather forecast because this is a new part, a new segment we're doing on the show. Um, so I'm going to bring up your graphic here uh, real quick. Well, let me let and, me say uh, this too. This is yeah. uh, Jody is one of our loyal supporters uh and 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 she's a follower on twitter and follower here on our youtube show and that's what we want to do and oh and she's got the florida state soccer Soccer. championship okay there we go we'll have to uh we got a great soccer team here too yeah all right so let me go ahead and bring well thanks for allowing me to come on and join you guys tonight and jody where did you go to school i went to virginia tech Oh, honky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I was yeah. supposed to go into Florida State. I did end up at Virginia Tech. Oh, wow. Well, they're garbage wow. anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Luckily, they don't play each other this year. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, they're rebuilding, too. They're on their own <laughs> climb somewhere. Yeah, a big one. Yes, very, very true. All right, let's well, turn it over as, to Joe. we know, we always hear week after week that weather is such a factor in these football games, right, old man Bruce? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> he my seems job. To, he says that. He says that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so here, so here's your game day forecast for Raleigh, North Carolina. It's going to be great fall weather. Now, Floridians, they may, they may want to break into their bins of winter clothes and grab some sweaters and some, but it's going to be great fall weather. Starting in the afternoon, it's going to be in around 67, 67 degrees, which is beautiful. A beautiful day for those uh, pre, pre-game activities, fun, tailgating. And then leading up to the kickoff at 8 p.m., it will get chillier at um it will temps will be around 51 degrees oh. with winds at five miles per hour humidity at 76 percent and a chance of rain is five percent so we don't have to worry about rain but for the fans there out there you need to bring your sweaters or jackets especially if you're coming from florida because i i see right now in florida it's high 80s so that's gonna be <laughs> quite it's a nice difference. Today. <laughs> quite a difference uh in raleigh come this weekend and then it will be a low of 46 but it shouldn't get to be that cold by the end of the game but um looking around probably start of the game time around 50 degrees so Which for is, foot, football players it's great weather you're right it's got, great yeah. weather it's a great fall day great beautiful football wow. day so there should be there should be no problems playing it's gonna be clear partly sunny no cramping um, yeah, so there should be nothing, nothing holding this game up. <laughs> wow. I like to hear that. I like to wow. hear that. So good and good tailgating weather, huh? Get the yes. barbecues out. Yes. Get the chicken, the ribs on there, the corn. You exactly, know? exactly. Yeah. So it's a beautiful, beautiful fall day. You can't ask for better weather. You cannot. Great. You cannot. Yeah. Well, so thank no you for that, Judy. About the weather causing a loss. So, so okay. no, that excuse will be no, we, across yeah, the board. Okay, so weather is not going to be that an excuse. Weather is not going to be a factor. Wow. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for that. And while we have you, like I said, we do have our prediction board ready to go. So I'm going to go ahead and flip over to that so we can get your, your uh, score predictions here while we have you. So let me go ahead and pull that up real quick. And uh, we'll proceed on to three games that we're going to look at here. <laughs> 
So, and I had to include the Hokies because uh, you, <laughs> you had mentioned that you were a Hokie, uh, a Hokie alumni. So I had to get your, uh, your opinion on this uh, before we or get them in here for this, of course. So let's start off. Uh, Bruce, Pitt versus Virginia Tech this weekend. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, decent team, a loss last week, um, yeah, a tough loss struggling. last week. Uh, yeah, starting to struggle a little bit. Virginia Tech has been struggling the entire year. Um, two and three, Virginia Tech at Pittsburgh. Who are you taking this matchup? Wow. Uh, both teams kind of struggling. It's kind of hard to know. I think they're both trying to find their identity. Uh, I think they're, 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 you know, it's that is a tough one, especially when there's no spread on points here. And where is it? Is it on it's the in road? Pittsburgh. It's in Pittsburgh. Oh, it's in Pittsburgh. Yep. Being in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, it's the weather's not going to be an issue. Both teams play in the cold weather. You know, that's not going to be an issue. I'm going to go with Pitt at home. I'm going to go Pitt at home. Jody, who are you picking for this matchup? <sighs> that's that's a hard one. You know, listening to you guys sometimes too, you know, you never want to go against your own team. You, know, you always, <laughs> you always want to be that, that cheerleader no matter what. But I think – yeah, that can be yeah. a loser what, too. Yeah. But when you get bet against your team and they win, it feels so good. Yeah. Well, true. I mean, they're having – if it was home, if it was home, I think I would say 100% Virginia Tech. But being that it is a away game and um, and we are rebuilding, I, I'm going to have to say Pitt. A lot of excuses there, but uh, okay, we'll, uh, we'll go with Pitt. Hey, hey, um, hey and, and we have to ask, you know, everybody always asks, what the hell is a gobbler? Uh, you know, what, what is say that? that on TV. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, this, I, is a, this is a clean show. <laughs> For the record, I'm going with Pitt as well. The spread is 14 and a half points, Pitt at home. Oh, uh, you can tell us that up front. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, I'll do it. I mean, okay, well, I, I was I asking straight up. Points. I was we asking point spread. Yeah, but yeah. we'll go with point. If you want to go point spread, 14 oh, and a half, would you still take them? I'm going to still take Pitt. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to, I don't care about the points, really. Yeah. All right. Then we move on to the second kind of closest matchup this weekend uh, NC or North Carolina at Miami. Hmm. Uh, so Miami should have about 500 people in their stadium for this weekend's yeah, matchup. It's horrible. UNC is four and one off of uh, that close matchup at uh, Appalachian State to start the season. They've uh, they've kind of caught on a little bit here. And they have um, like the, not one of the top passers in the country. Yeah, he's right uh, now. Luke uh, May. May, May, uh, May. I forget his first name, but yeah, he's yeah. playing really well. They haven't really played great. anyone uh, since. Uh, yeah, since early in the season, uh, lot of, they did beat Virginia Tech forty-one ten last week. Sorry, uh, Jody, once again. That was um, a rough one. <laughs> but they go on the road against Miami. They are three and a half. It's uh, Miami three and a half points is the spread right now. Bruce, who are you taking? Yeah, I, I think uh, Mario Cristobal is uh, getting a lot of hate mail. Uh, this is a big game for them at home. Uh, I think North Carolina is the the better team, and I think they're going to beat Miami. At Miami's home there. I will just take – I don't care about the points. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm not betting points on any of these fans. Let me make sure. I'm going to take head-to-head. I'm going to take the Tar Heels over Miami. I think they're a better team offensively. I think they're going to they're gonna put up points. All right. So, uh, even without the points, you are taking uh, UNC head-to-head. I'm not betting any of these on points. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, nothing on points. All Let's right. Let's do it without points, yeah. All right, Tom, thank you for the compliment for our weather woman. We appreciate that. And uh, oh, oh, uh, oh, this guy. Who's this guy? Shannon? I don't know. New subscriber. Oh, all of a sudden, my job's in jeopardy. I feel like <laughs> Lee Corsell. I feel like Lee. Yeah, of course, Lee, Lee was there for three hours. Now he's here for like three minutes. And he, he has had some health problems. So we want to get Lee back. Uh, Lee needs you know, to go. And then, fair, uh, Shannon. Go away. On the Dongbei picks, uh, UNC. Jody, who are you going with, uh, UNC or Miami? On this one, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with. Um... Hey, it's a short show, Jody. Yeah, Let's Jody. speed it up. I, I'm gonna pick Miami. Miami. All right. Yeah. Any wow. any particular reason? We don't um, we don't like Miami picks on this show, but uh, any particular reason why? She likes South Beach. No, no. I just think they're going to pull it out strong. I think I think UNC had a strong showing last weekend, and I don't think they're. I think they're going to come in big headed, and um, and I I think that's gonna gonna defeat them. So I think Miami's going to pull it out. 
I, I could. I think it's a coin flip game. Pretty much what the uh, spread says. I do think that talent-wise, yeah. UNC has the better quarterback, and I just think that they have better chemistry going into this game. I honestly think it go both ways, but I'm going to pick UNC just because I want them to win, and uh, I I just hope they win this game because it'll just further put Miami into a, a tailspin <laughs> for the season. So. Go but it puts more pressure on us to beat them. <laughs> well, I well, no, we need to beat them. That that's not. There's no. Uh, there's no other way about that. Oh, um, and we go to uh, the big matchup this weekend, prime time, uh, with uh, NC State in Raleigh. As you guys saw, the weather's going to be perfect for this fall matchup. Yeah, uh, Bruce, who are you picking? Uh, I think we we know we, uh, if people well, they'll pick it because uh, we uh, we did our predictions during the season. Well, who, well who I'll, I'll just tell team? you what. I'll just tell you what my prediction was. My prediction was, I'll just be quick about it. Uh, this game being on the road, I think uh, we're trying to fix a lot of things right now. Hopefully we'll get them clean up and we'll win the game, but I'm picking NC State. I gotta, I'm picking NC State. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it from what? our fans. You don't have the big dog head in the background? You're going to put no, it on? I got <laughs> to get the ceramic wolf pack head. <laughs> Yeah. But so I, I, I'm, I, do, I'm I do want to see the, the champion glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to. I hope to wear those Saturday night after the game. <laughs> you got to win yeah. a game. Gotta I, I got to win the game to put the champion glasses on, man. <laughs> Jody, who are you picking? So for my pick, um, with them both coming in with losses and it being home at NC State, I think NC State's going to pull it out with their fans behind oh, them. Wow. Boo. we got to get rid of this weather Boo. person. Ah. Boo. All right. No. Um, and, yeah, so – and just just for anyone's, uh, you know, knowing, it is uh, uh, NC State minus three points at home on Saturday uh, this weekend, ACC Network. Uh, I am – you know, my original prediction was for Florida State to lose these next three games. So far, I'm right. Um, you know, and I don't want this to happen. I, I, that's why I said it's easier to bet against your team because when they win, it feels so much better. Um, but I haven't seen anything so far that's changed my mind last week, kind of what I thought would happen happened. And I think at this point we are still so banged up. We do have some guys coming back. I, but last week should be short show KB. (laughs) Well, I'm just trying to explain my decision-making here. Um, but I'm going to have to go with my original prediction. I'm going NC State this weekend. Wow. Uh, that, this that. is not, you know, so. we just lost about half of our five I, followers well, already. You know, that takes us but, down to two and a half I followers. Say, I do hope Florida State and Virginia Tech pull out the win. But if, if I had to bet right now, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. I love Florida State and I love Virginia Tech. Yeah, we're giving, we're giving, uh, we're giving. Oh, we got some NC State fans uh, in here. Oh, here go go. into uh, no. Shannon. That's Bannon. the guy who put me down. Ban him. Uh, yeah. No, and like you yeah. said, we want to be honest here. We want to give live feedback, like real feedback. And like you said, we're not here just to say Florida State's great. We tell them when they, you know, we say like it is. We, no sugar. When they're bad. When no they're, sugar with the coffee here, brother. Yeah. So, and like you said, like I said, last week yeah. didn't give me any more confidence to change my pick that wow. I predicted at the beginning of the season. And so, yeah, listen, we all prove me wrong. We all want Florida. I think all three of us want Florida State to win the game. I'd rather be wrong. I want to be totally, yeah, I want to be totally wrong. You know, we're on here because we're Florida State fans. I'm probably the oldest Florida State fan you can find anywhere on the Well, this one's still alive. Absolutely. We found him. That's why he's on the show. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Living living artifact. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, And we all want Florida State to win. That's really what we want to happen. But, you know, we're going to tell it like it is. Yeah, so, so those are the predictions for this weekend. And, uh, you know, we have some more comments. Put your comments in the chat of who your predictions are. Rob Potter in the chat goes, BT and Florida State are going to win this weekend. Well, oh, we'll, we'll see okay. if that happens, uh, Rob. Uh, thanks for chatting in with us. Keep but then, following, yeah. Rob. You may be the next weather person here. You, Shannon, uh, Dagby, and all of you are in the drawing because KB's trying to get me the hell out of the uh, weather thing. I'm always looking for uh, – uh, Herbie's uh, backup or uh, a little uh, Lee's backup. So, uh, but yeah, put your predictions in the chat. We appreciate it. But uh, I think that's really going to do it for for tonight. Any other thoughts or uh, thoughts or comments before we wrap things up here, Bruce or uh, yeah. Jody? Uh, Jody, you got any other thoughts? No, before- thanks for having me. Go Florida State, and okay. uh, I do hope they pull it out. Thanks, Jody. Thanks for joining Jody, us. Thanks and, uh, for joining us tonight. Bye. Take care. Thanks for your yeah. Bye bye. Okay, yeah, my only thoughts are this. 
you know, there's one loss, and 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 like some people are saying, okay, uh, a Dangby has Florida State, UNC, and Pitt. Yeah, I can see that. Be. Like I said, all these games are going to be toss ups. I, I do think this weekend is going to be a toss up. Like I said, I could go on and on about why both teams well, are in this game, but yeah. I, I just, in my, like I said, I just didn't see enough last week that can prove to me that Florida State is on the road going to beat NC State. But to to our to our you know subscribers and our followers' points in the chat, NC State also hasn't looked dominant at all either. No, Wake Forest looked like anybody. a much Wake Forest right. has looked very good this season. They right. played like it yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. And I don't think NC State's played to that caliber. Now they have the potential to. They definitely have potential to play a lot better than they have. And they've you know, played they, one good team, and that's Clemson. And they lost to them. Yeah. And they, and they, they lost. lost. And they got dominated for most of that game. Um, so you know, I, I would agree that we have we this game should be tight. We should be it's a winnable game. Yeah. It's a winnable game on the road, and that's why the point spread is so small. But if you don't clean they're, they're up, give, it's a it's a toss-up game, they're gonna give the home team three points. But you can't go on the road and Commit eleven penalties like and you turn did last the ball week and turn the and ball, turn over. The ball over. You cannot win that way. I don't. I don't care who you're playing. If you play Jacksonville State or you play NC State, you're going to lose that game nine out of ten times. Right so. now, here's here's the good news. The good news is this: every game on this schedule, except remaining on this schedule, except maybe Clemson, okay, and they're not totally out of sight. Is is a winnable game? Is a winnable game yeah. for this team? But our, but our team, our Knowles, don't have any room for error. There's no room for error. And and here's the good news. But here's the bad news. We play in the worst division, which is still a division, the Atlantic division. Okay? That's the strongest teams in this ACC right now. They're all in the Atlantic. Yeah, whoever loses this weekend is essentially eliminated from the Clemson is first. They're ranked first in the Atlantic. Syracuse is second. NC State is fifth. All right? Now, if we beat NC State, we have a chance to climb up there, but we still got to play Clemson and Syracuse. So we could, if we beat all three of these teams, we still have a shot. There's, we haven't been mathematically eliminated you from are anything. This weekend. But yeah, if you win this weekend, you're right in it. You're right in it. You're right in it. So you hold your own destiny, as they say. You control your destiny in this regard. Absolutely. But we're going to learn more about our football team. Yeah. But we can't use injuries, officiating as as excuses. No, we can't do it. Not. No, if you, you got to, yeah. you know, there are teams that are starting. Uh, when we played LSU, they started two freshmen on the on the offensive line. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. And they learned about those guys. Then they reshuffled. Yeah. So you're a football coach plays the best available people. And that's why that's as a recruiting it. tool, you have to pitch. We need depth. We need talented depth because guys are going to get knocked out all across this team. And that's why we want to put you early playing time all across this team. Every position has early playing time outside of quarterback. Well, even with quarterback, you saw who had to come in. So, um, yeah, this is really – these three games, as we keep saying, it's the litmus test of game. how good this team is and how good yeah. they'll be this season. How they perform, the Wake Forest, Clemson, and NC State this weekend is how good this team will be and probably close out the season, no matter what injuries. Because we're playing through injuries now. This is who they're going to be for the most part. So we'll find out this weekend. So yeah. uh, once again, we're both predicting, uh, unfortunately, a, a tight but a loss, but a tight game. I hope we're wrong. I hope baby. we're wrong. I hope we're wrong. I, I absolutely would love to come on Saturday night and be wrong when we uh, talk about this game, a live reaction. So as a reminder for that, and we'll eat it, and we'll eat it if we are. And I hope we have to. Eat I love to eat that that sandwich. So uh, let's go ahead and reminder: like the video, subscribe. Yeah, please follow so that you'll get notifications of about the live reaction on Saturday night, right after the go show. Uh, one or both of us will be on to give a live commentary on what happened, what went wrong, what went right. Uh, no matter win or loss, uh, we'll be there to give you a quick breakdown of uh, unfiltered uh, commentary of of the game and and what we thought. Uh, what we thought happened right before our eyes. So join and us for that. If you'd like to be, and, and if, if you're one of our followers, you'd like to be our, our game day weather reporter, you know, let us know. Send us a send uh, send us a DM on our Twitter. And uh, what's that? What's this guy? No, I will not be in Raleigh uh, this weekend. I will not be in Raleigh this weekend live broadcast. No, uh, I won't. No, I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll be in Tampa here. He doesn't. He doesn't leave his house. So uh, no, I will. I'll be down in Raleigh uh, live broadcasting in a couple of weeks, though. So stay tuned for that. Uh, a little announcement. So 
But yeah, go ahead. Please okay. like the channel. Subscribe on Podcast Network if you prefer the audio version so you can listen to it on your road to work or whatever you wherever you're going this weekend. Um, but we appreciate your support, your follows, your you know your Twitter interactions, your likes. It really helps a lot and helps us uh, keep up keep us motivated to uh, do these shows. So uh, thanks again, everyone. Uh, any final words, Bruce? Nope. The climb continues and we hope to get another rung, even though we predicted we won't. We hope the arrow goes up. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you all again for the time. We'll see you on Saturday and have a safe rest of your week and uh, go Knowles.